Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, that Christ is indeed risen from the dead. And thank you that we can join together uh, this morning uh, to celebrate that wonderful news. Uh, and we pray that you help us as we look at your word together, um, not only to know the wonders of what you have done for us in Christ and his death and resurrection, uh, but to live in light of that in our day-to-day -day lives. And so we ask that your spirit would be at work among us uh, and that he'll be um, pointing us to Jesus and changing our hearts and lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus Christ rose from the dead physically. Ah, we saw that in our reading from Matthew today. His tomb was empty. Body was gone. He appeared to the women. They touched him. Uh, elsewhere we read that he ate fish with his disciples. Christ rose from the dead physically. And one day when he comes again, he will raise us from the dead physically as well. And those who believe will experience the glorious resurrection body. Christ rose physically in the past, and we will rise physically in the future. But there is also a different kind of resurrection that we can experience in the present. And it's a resurrection that everyone who belongs to Christ has experienced. It's a resurrection that is not physical, but spiritual. You see, when someone comes to receive Jesus Christ as Lord, we are spiritually united with him by faith. We are one with him spiritually. So that all that is ours is his and all that is his is ours. We are to use the language of scripture in Christ. We share everything. We are spiritually one. Our sins are counted as his sins. And he died for them on the cross under the judgment of God on our behalf so that we are not condemned for them anymore. His death is counted as our death. Likewise, we were raised with him. His resurrection was our resurrection. And so in Christ, God gives us a new life. We are spiritually raised as well. And not only that, since the risen Christ has ascended into heaven, believers are now there spiritually with him. So when we receive Christ as Lord, when we turn away from sin and we put our trust in him, we were given this new spiritual status, alive with Christ in glory. In our passage today, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul shows us some of the implications of that for how we conduct our daily life. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1, if or since you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. If we belong to the above spiritually, we should seek the things that are there even as we live our life down here. So that our physical actions are consistent with our spiritual reality. But what does it mean to seek the things that are above? Well, the next verse gives us a little bit more. It says in verse 2, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. So, thinking, so seeking the things that are above, are, it's about what we pursue, what we chase, what our, what our minds give attention to attaining. 
If you've been raised with Christ, you've got this new life, spend it pursuing the things that match your new position. Our Pope reiterates a theological point in verse 3. He says, for you have died. And your life, your true life, your spiritual life, your life in Christ is hidden with Christ in God. The spiritual reality of your resurrection with Christ, your being with Christ in glory, that's not visible. You and I don't look particularly glorious, do we? Our glory is hidden. It's not seen. It's hidden with Christ in God, which means it's safe. But it's not just our glory that's hidden. Even the glory of the risen Christ is hidden from this world at this point. But it won't be forever. Jesus will come again one day and his glory will be seen by all. And on that day, our true status will be seen as well. Here's the promise for our future in verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. We have died with Christ. We have been raised with Christ. We belong in heaven with Christ. And we will be glorified with Christ. So we should set our minds on things above, not on the things of beneath. But what does it mean to do that? How do you live in such a way that is consistent with our spiritual reality now and with God's promise for the future? Well, the Apostle Paul tells us in the rest of the passage. Firstly, there are some things we will need to get rid of in light of our new status of being raised with Christ. Holy Spirit, through Paul, says in verse 5, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And then he gives the list. Sexual immorality, that is, intercourse outside of marriage. Put it to death. Impurity, any kind of immoral sexual conduct, put to death. Passion is lust. Evil desires, strong lust for what is not right. Covetousness, which is idolatry. You know, all forms of covetousness and greed is wrong, but here Paul is probably talking about greed for more and more immoral sensuality. It's idolatry because by indulging in it, you're putting it above God who's telling you to stop. And all those things God says, put to death. Put to death. Friends, sex outside of marriage is wrong, in actuality or in fantasy, in body and in mind, in physical reality, in virtual reality, heterosexual, homosexual. If you are sleeping with someone, male or female, who is not your husband or wife, stop. If you're a married person, and you're flirting or making out with someone who is not your husband or wife, stop. If you're fantasizing about someone who is not your husband or wife, then stop. If you're doing things online which you know you're not supposed to do, don't do that. If you're looking at porn on the internet, don't, don't. Put it to death. You have spiritually died with Christ. So to put this behavior to death as well. You belong to Christ. 
you belong in heaven. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. On account of these, verse 6, the wrath of God is coming. These are things that God is going to punish the world for. How can you, who have been raised with Christ, indulge in them? In the Colossians culture, it might have been acceptable to do some of these things. And likewise in ours. In these, verse 7, you too once walked when you were living in them. But not anymore. Not if you've been raised with Christ. Put those things to death. Deal with them in a deliberate, decisive way. And it's not just sexual sin we need to get rid of if we are raised with Christ. There's a whole lot of relational sins that we need to, in verse 8, put away. Now the picture there is taking off clothes. Right? Since we've been raised with Christ, we've got a new uniform, so to speak. So we can't wear these old clothes anymore. And those old clothes are listed there in verse 8. There is anger and wrath, which includes bitterness and, and, and temper tantrums. Involves, there's, there's malice, troublemaking, spitefulness, hatefulness. Put it away. Slander, speaking wrongly and bad way about God or other people. Get rid of that. Obscene talk, which is dirty language or abusive speech. It should not be on our lips. The other thing that shouldn't be on our lips in verse 9 is, is lying. Don't lie to one another. Can't tell the truth and say nothing. For anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language, lie, they, they all belong to the old life, the earthly life. That's the old clothes. That's gone. We've got a new life in Christ. We have a new identity. In fact, Paul says in verse 9 and 10, we have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. When we trusted in Christ as Lord, we were united with him by faith. We were united in his death and resurrection. We were seated with him above. Our death with him was our spiritual act of putting off the old self. Our resurrection with him was a spiritual act of putting on the new. That is a spiritual reality. But in practice, we need to keep putting it in practice day by day. We need to keep on taking off the old clothes. And so day by day, incident by incident, temptation by temptation, we need to say no to these earthly things. And to put away these behaviors that are not meant to be ours anymore. So whenever you are tempted to act in these ways, deliberately say to yourself, hang on, hang on, hang on. Is this who I am now? No, no. This is not me anymore. I belong to Jesus. I've, I've received him as Lord. I've put the old self away. I've died with him. I've been raised with him. So now I will say no to the behavior that feels so natural to my sinful nature. But it's fundamentally at odds with my true identity. Now that happens day by day, doesn't it? Step by step. And the second half of verse 10 reminds us that our new self is, is being renewed after the image of its creator. Now that's encouraging, isn't it? 
On the one hand, we, are, we take responsibility for taking off. But on the other hand, we know that God is changing us to become more and more like Christ, to know him better and better. And that's not a special thing for special people. It's for all of us. Verse 11 says that here there is not Greek or Jew or circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free. Christ is all and in all. Whoever we are, whatever background we come from, whatever our temptations or orientations might be, whatever our race or educational background, whatever our culture, if we belong to Christ, we have a new life. And we can live it we have been raised with Christ. But living the new life is not just about getting rid of sins. We don't just take off the old clothes. We put on the new uniform. And so Paul is now going to give us a positive list of virtues to cultivate. But before he does it, he wants, us to, he wants to emphasize again, this is not just talking about morality. It's a response to the gospel because the way we live flows out from the way God has treated us in Christ. Look how verse 12 begins. He says, put on then, that's the uniform, put on then as, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Now remember, Christ is God's chosen one. He is holy. He is the beloved one, loved by the Father. But we are in Christ. So that is our identity as well. God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we might belong to him as an act of undeserved kindness. It's called grace. And he made us holy in Christ. Holy means being set apart to belong to him. Set apart for him in a special way. Purchased by the blood of his son. And we are deeply, deeply loved by him. And he has shown the extent of his love at the cross where Christ died for our sins. If that is the spiritual reality of our risen lives, if we are chosen by God, holy and beloved in Christ Jesus, then that should change the whole way we think about ourselves, isn't it? We don't need to make ourselves special. We are special because we have been chosen by God. He makes us special. We don't need to find our purpose. We are holy, set apart for God. Our purpose is to worship and serve Him. And we don't have to sin to find love. If we are beloved, and we are, we are loved in the deepest possible way. We who are one with Christ in his death and resurrection share these aspects of his identity. And that enables us to develop into his character. And so verse 12 again says to put on his qualities. 
we are to purposely and deliberately and consciously choose to act in Christ-like ways. What does that look like? Well, it means, verse 12, showing compassion and kindness from the heart. It means caring for others sympathetically in times of suffering. We need to be warm-hearted, benevolent towards one another. Looking out for each other. Supporting each other in difficult times. It means, verse 12 again, showing humility and meekness. Jesus is willing to take the lowest place to serve us. If we're going to be like him, then we won't be trying to gain a name for ourselves or put others down in order to put ourselves up. But we'll be servant-hearted, gentle, unpretentious in serving God and others. Verse 12 also speaks of patience. Jesus is patient with us, bearing with us, putting up with us in our weakness and sin. We have to be patient with each other. Some of us are not so easy to get on with, and so are meant to bear with one another in verse 13. And the verse continues, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Friends, forgiveness is neither cheap nor easy. But Jesus paid a terrible price in order to forgive us rightly. And we need to cultivate a willingness to forgive others from the heart. And above all these things, verse 14, we are to put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. If those virtues are like the clothes we, we need to wear, then love is the cloak that holds it together. You know, we've got to cultivate all those virtues as, as part of character, but none of them is absolute. But if we love one another, as Christ has loved us, then we can hold all these virtues in their right place. Friends, you and I have a new identity. We have been raised with Christ. So we are to deliberately practice being like Christ. To intentionally and purposely decide to act in love, whether we actually feel like it or not. Right? That's why Paul talks about putting on this new character. Right, some people say, oh, that's a bit hypocritical, isn't it? If you don't feel like loving others, then you shouldn't. No, 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 no. It's not hypocritical. If my feelings and my behavior are both inconsistent with who I really am, then I've got to change. Lah. Right? Change your behavior first. The feelings will follow. Now, don't get me wrong. Both important. But don't say, I'm not going to act in love because I don't feel love. That will be hypocritical. No, 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 no. Not to act in love would be hypocritical because that is inconsistent with who you really are in Christ. You are chosen. You are beloved. You are holy. You've been raised with Christ. You belong to him with glo in glory. So act in love and compassion and kindness and humility and meekness and patience because you are in Christ. And keep on deliberately practicing, practicing it 
over and over and over again until it becomes more and more automatic and becomes more and more who you, who you, what you act like in a day-by-day way. Grow in that direction. Keep asking, how can I be more like Jesus in this situation? What would I do? How would I respond if my character were more Christ-like? Then you do that. You belong to God. You are seated with Christ. Practice being godly. So friends, today we celebrate the fact that Christ is risen from the dead, which has huge implications for the whole history of the world. It means that he really is the king that God promised would rule the world forever. It means that he's going to come back one day in glory to judge the living and the dead, to bring in his kingdom in all its fullness. It means that death has been conquered and that all who believe in Jesus will one day rise like him to eternal life. And it means that we who believe in him have a new life and a spiritual resurrection in the here and now. We may suffer now. We may be despised now. Our glory is hidden in heaven. It's not seen. But when Christ comes, our glory will be revealed. And we will be raised like Jesus with bodies that do not decay. We will be free from sin and all its consequences. We will truly be like Jesus in our characters and together enjoy God forever. When Christ appears, we will appear with him in glory. And today we have seen the implications of this for now. Because if you really belong to this kingdom, then put your heart there as well. You don't belong to this earth. Don't spend your time chasing the things of this earth as if your glory will be found here. Set your heart on pleasing God and becoming the person he wants you to be. Make your passion, your goal, to be more like Jesus in your character. And then wait for the day when your glory will be revealed. Finally, I just want to speak to anyone here who hasn't yet been part of this spiritual resurrection. Christ is risen from the dead. He really is Lord of heaven and earth. And he calls you today to turn from sin and receive him as Lord. If you do that, then you will be united with him spiritually by faith. His death on the cross will take away your sin. So that when he comes to judge the world, you will be safe from the punishment that we all deserve. And you will be with him and his people in his glorious kingdom forever. And in the meantime, you will have a new life to live with him as your Lord. A life in which you are to change step by step into his likeness. Friends, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed.
Alleluia. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you have raised your son from the dead. I thank you for the hope that that gives us even now. Thank you that we know that he is Lord. We know that he will come back. We know that we are forgiven and belong to him. That we are chosen, holy and beloved. That our true life is with Christ in you. And the glory that you have given us will be revealed. Father, we pray that you help each one of us as we live in this world to live in light of this wonderful facts, this spiritual reality. Help us never to lose sight of who we are in Christ by your grace. And help us to live lives that are consistent with that. We ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.